Welcome back to the Raw Take for CEOs. This is where we tackle today's issues and how they impact your business. And this is hosted by me, Dan. And Steven. We'll give you our Raw Take on what's important for you and your business. Let's get started. All right. March 31st. Last day of March. The last day of Q1, 2021. And the last day of March Cash Madness here on the Raw Take for CEOs. Now, it's been a few weeks. Yeah, we, it has. Uh, I've been too too busy with my my uh, March Madness uh, bracket. Did you do it this year? And we always have a family competition. Yeah. So my two older boys got involved this year, and uh, Christine and myself. So we all have a bracket. So far, I'm doing. Actually, I haven't checked it in the last seven days. So that's not why we have not had a uh, <laughs> uh, a podcast for the last few weeks. But here on the on the podcast, we are doing March Cash Cash Madness. Um, don't ask us about basketball. You won't get a comprehensive get a information, but ask us about cash, cash planning, any of that. And um, we will have a slew of resources, information and conversation for you. Yeah. So good news this week. We just hired a, hired a VP director of accounting. I think we're super stoked for uh Jeff Stern out of uh, New York. New York oh, City. totally stoked. Totally stoked. We're excited. We felt like we always needed to begin to develop that uh, leadership bench uh, around accounting, as we've done with FP&A, and we've done that with tax. And so we're excited for Jeff. He comes with many years of experience, CPA, forensic accounting, litigation, audit, tax, total rock star. And um, I think this is... Uh, this is going to bring a second wave of growth for us in 2021. Um, obviously, Stephen Cummings has been totally killing it on the tax side. So, yeah, we're excited going into coming out of Q1 with great news, good momentum, and uh, heading into Q2 with uh, three at least three new hires coming on. So, anyways, that's enough about us. But wanted to share that. So that's why we haven't been on. That's why we haven't done the podcast. Let's face it; in the last two weeks, it's been busy. We've been busy, and, and uh, you know, it, it. We take our own medicine, right? We. Uh, it is all about planning. It's all about taking advantage of opportunity. And when we had the opportunity to bring Jeff on, uh, we we jumped at it, and we were able to move quickly. Um, and uh, that's that is why you put the effort into planning, because it's not whether you're going to pull the trigger next week or not. But when you the opportunity comes along, you can move quickly. Yeah, I mean, the, from the, that was probably one of our quickest hires, I would say, and uh, more, one of our more uh, senior hires as well. Yeah, no, I'm totally excited. You know, it's funny because we were thinking about planning and budgeting. I just had a conversation with a, a startup out of New York City today, and, um, you know, and this is not the first time I've heard it, but it's, um, her comment was, yeah, we have a budget, but the budget's always changing. And I said, and she, and, and she paused, she almost like, interjected before I was going to jump in and she said, I get it and it shouldn't change, but it does. And I said, yes, the budget doesn't change. It's the realities of the business that change, uh, but the budget's the budget. And why is it the budget? Because that is the line in the sand, because whether it is an opportunity to hire um, someone that wasn't say in the cards in the first half of the year, maybe in the second half of the year, doesn't mean you have to wait until the second half of the year, even just because your budget says, no, you cannot hire in Q1, Q2, you have to hire. It doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. It's a question of, in my current paradigm, my budget, 
one, do I have the business to hire? Uh, do I need that additional resource? And secondly, do I have the capital to go and execute on that plan? And I get it, like with a lot of business owners, it just feels a little um, not so agile, right? It feels a little too rigid for a lot of folks. Yeah, and I think if, if I can jump in here, I think that's where the budget lines up with cash flow planning, right? Because your budget is your budget to your, your point, Dan, right? That is your plan. I'm going to execute on this. If there's an opportunity that comes along or if there's a risk that happens, I need to be able to respond to that. So hopefully I'm thinking about that, which is my point. Like when Jeff came along, we were able to respond quickly, right? But it doesn't change our budget. It does change our um, our cash profile in, in six months, right? Um, uh, because we need to get him up to speed. You know, there's an investment in people. Um, so the ca your cash planning is what gets adjusted uh, on that agile basis. It's But your budget doesn't change, shouldn't change, except for those major milestones, whether it's halfway through the year, you adjust your budget, or you raise 20 million bucks instead of 5 million bucks, you're going to change your budget, right? So something yeah. mo monumental has to happen to, to make it so that you need a new plan. Yeah. And I'll just add like one other layer here. Um, it's very rare that a budget will have, say, an acquisition in the budget. There, it may be a goal for the year. It may be, you know, I'm expecting X amount from organic growth, X amount from acquisitive growth but you can never actually put an acquisition into a budget. It's like square peg round hole. So it doesn't mean you can't do an acquisition because it's not in your budget. It doesn't mean, uh, you know, you, if you don't do the acquisition and you have numbers in your budget, in other words, a gap, and you're compensating people based on the budget, then it is up to management's um, sort of responsibility execution to figure out how to close that gap. If it doesn't come through acquisitive growth, then it's going to have to come through some other means. Um, so anyway, so this kind of brings us to cash flow modeling, which is kind of the last theme of March, cash madness. We talked a little bit about KPIs. We've talked about visualizations, you know, how to visualize your cash movements. You know, um, it is not uncommon to get a question from a business owner that says, I know I made $100,000 in net operating profit, but my bank account really hasn't changed from last year. So, you know, I like certain visualizations to be able to explain to folks like, yeah, it didn't hit your bank account because you did X, Y, and Z. And you get to actually, uh, you get to see it. I think through modeling, you get to actually experience it and you get to understand the underlying drivers of those of the decisions mm -hmm. that you made have to make um, uh, with with that profitability, right? Pay down debt, refinance, make that acquisition higher, whatever it may be. So I love modeling. Obviously. Yeah, and it's, uh, you know, the modeling is where the where that kind of uh, visualizations kind of looking back what happened um, and the KPIs, what are the things that I can uh, measure, right? Where that, where those come together. Cause hopefully you're doing some forward looking cash modeling. Mm -hmm. And what happens if I put effort, extra effort into, uh, pulling in receivables, bringing my days outstanding from 60 to 45, what does that do to my cash profile? Right? So it's the intersection of the outcome of, you know, where did, where did my cash get sucked up? Uh, and if I change these metrics, these KPIs, how does that impact my cash profile down the road? Whether that's 30 days, 
or uh, 13 hiring, weeks or 12, adding 12 more resources, software, sure. right? Because uh, your days outstanding doesn't go from 60 to 30 just because you want it to, right? <laughs> there's effort, there's resources, there's capital that needs to be allocated towards that. Um, and so we talk about modeling in kind of like two general buckets. Um, and uh, it is a lot of, a, you know, sort of if you were to look at the profile of our 200 plus customers, you would see it's pretty much split down the middle between startups and scaling emerging venture backed companies and more traditional operating companies, although skewed more towards entrepreneurial. Um, and we have to approach those two personas um, through the lens of modeling uh, very differently, very unique, right? So um, I'll touch on the operating and you can touch kind of on the startup. Yeah. On the operating side, you're, you're, I'm looking at maybe one or two things. One is that cash conversion, right? Uh, cash conversion cycle, your free cash flow margin. I'm looking at the free cash flow, right? Um, and then secondly, looking at in order to feed the growth, which is not like exponential growth, it tends to be more incremental growth. Do I need a new machine? Do I need another truck? More traditional capital planning, aka free cash flow or debt or worst case from your own, from the owner's pocket, right? And so in startups is totally different. Yeah, and uh, and I think two, you know, two main reasons we do it for kind of operating companies. One is when things are tight, you need a very tactical like approach to managing cash. And the other is at that planning time, you need to need, need a new person, need a new piece of equipment, uh, or you know, end of year like tax planning. How much cash do I expect? What do I what am I going to do with that? Yeah, I get totally like weirded out when I hear a startup doing 13 week cash flow planning. Yeah, no, it and happens. Right, <laughs> and it happens. It happens. But you kind of think about it, just like unlike you know, yes, a startup can maybe have a little more elasticity in the throttle, um, but they have to burn cash to get to point A, point B. Whereas an operating company, the 13-week cash flow is much more blocking. The reason why when you say 13-week cash flow to startup, it means that they're totally running out of cash. Totally right? running out of cash. Um, a, a operating company, maybe it's a, they, they need to pull in a big invoice you know, to, to make it through those 13 weeks. But for a, for a startup, it's going to be, they are burning cash, right? That is what they are built to do. It's, it's you know, raise... 2 million, 10 million bucks and get to a milestone, right? And if you don't get to that milestone fast enough, you burn through the cash, you're up a creek. Uh, and then in your, you know, in the last three months, you're doing 13 week cash flow planning, trying to cut your expenses so you can find, you know, circle up some investors to give you some bridge, bridge finance and get you to that milestone, right? Uh, startup financing is all about uh, milestone based financing, right? I'm not going to give you uh, what you need to, to build for 10 years. I'm going to give you what you need to build for a year, six months, two years, so that you can prove to me that you can execute and get there. And if you can prove to get to point A, then I'll finance you to get to point B, right? And in terms of like the cash modeling, uh, you know, the, you know, the biggest metrics are your cash burn, your cash out date, when do we turn, when do we turn cash flow positive for companies that are, you know, trying, trying to grow, have met that, um, you know, product market fit, they're actually generating, ca generating cash, have that inflection point to stop burning cash and start being more like an operating company, start generating cash. And so in the startup world, I kind of, I look at modeling through two lenses. One is that three to five year plan um, with, you know, what are the drivers, the derivatives of that plan, um, the scaling factor, 
And then the second piece is all about the liquidity, right? <laughs> and breaking that liquidity needs into multiple tranches, like you just mentioned. Um, you know, how how do I get from point A to point B? Um, from and then how much cash do I need? And then lastly, okay, how how much time realistically do I need uh, in order to achieve you know, to, to, to raise additional capital? Whereas on the operating companies. Yes, the annual operating plan is important. It's important for multiple reasons. I would say um, on a, it's important to understand the growth, the growth trajectory, and the cash needs. But those cash needs aren't like long-term cash needs. They tend to be shorter term in nature, especially if you're in a service business versus say manufacturing, um, and then layering on the debt, the debt needs of that business. Because um, just just like a startup may need a good three to four months to truly raise that next round. I mean, they're like Minimum, always yeah. in capital raising mode. Um, even regular businesses need time to um, have conversations with bankers or private equity, uh, you know, lawyers and et cetera. So, yeah, I think it's, it's helpful to look at, you know, what, what do you do these cash flow modeling for? One is to run the business operate. And the other is to communicate with your stakeholders and startups. It's your stakeholders are your board and your investors. Often those are the, the, the same audience or at least a uh, 50, 80% overlap, um, which has its own challenges. Uh, and on the, on the operating company side, you know, it is for operating the business and your stakeholders are your banks, right? And, you know, we've had uh, a lot of positive feedback from what we've done with our customers uh, on the cash flow planning modeling out the business what does this look like because it's banks don't usually get that level of engagement because they don't usually get that level that type of reporting from their portfolio customers yeah what i like about modeling whether it's startups or operating companies it's um you know um it's about the story but you know you need the cash to kind of back up that story and you can throw a bunch of slides up and talk about how great you are, the type of customers you have, you know, the gross margins. But if you're not able to actually take, take that and extrapolate it out and be able to have more rigor around your cash, cash management, um, and, and then also be able to operationalize some of that cash management. In other words, like work, you know, working capital, AR, AP, mm -hmm. inventory, um, I think it just adds um, a, a tighter foundation to your business and it adds oh, yeah. that cadence and that rigor that um, regardless of its bankers or private equity or venture, venture capital, um, you know, it, it's important to have that, uh, I would say, to, to communicate. So and it elevates the confidence in your, oh, in totally. your story. So cash is, cash is king. Yeah, cash is king. And so on the operating side, uh, big fan of 13-week cash flow, um, especially in tight times uh, where, you know, debt service coverage is tight. Margins may have, you know, if during inflationary periods, margins get tighter or worse yet, um, you know, when you have revenue slowing down, but yet, you know, you need that revenue to uh, cover your costs. Um, so the I think the 13 week cash flow just adds a little bit more rigor and sort of uh, take a step back and watch the cash coming in, the cash coming out. And it's less about planning, to be honest with you. And I know a lot of people use a 13 week cash flow planning. I think it's more about keeping the finger on the pulse of the business. I, I, but I wouldn't say that that is more important than, say, a 12 month, 12 month cash flow plan that comes out of your annual operating plan. 
and then being able to use your, you know, these sort of ebbs and flows of the business, the risks and opportunities that uh, pop up throughout the year, going back to that cash flow plan. Like the cash flow plan isn't the budget, right? The budget is the budget. The cash flow plan is result of that budget, but also the result of the realities that business owners are facing. Yeah, too. Your point, uh, the 13 cash flow is not about planning. I think, you know, we look at it more as a dashboard, right? Sometimes it's about planning. If it's about planning, it means you're in desperate situations, right? But it's it's more of a dashboard that you're going to look at on a, on a weekly basis to kind of see the health of the business over the next, next three months. Yeah. So on, on the venture side, you know, uh, often the conversations go go to what is my cash out date, right? Uh, just the same was like the 13 million cash flow. That's a little bit of the, the dashboard, right? What um, based on my current burn, my milestones, my expected plan, you know, what is my cash out date? So in, in you know, when it comes to uh, CEOs, it's it's you know the CEOs that engage with their plan, their budget, um, knowing what it is, knowing what the drivers are. Those you know, I really I really all appreciate when when they, they dive in there right sometimes they're just focused on top line revenue right and that's that's fine they're a salesperson they're, they're going to be out there um, but somebody in the organization needs to be focused on what it, what is this whole plan and how do we make sure that we're uh, executing against it and therefore when we're in conversations with the board and in conversations with the, the management team you know knowing what those what the, well, knowing what those levers are that we can pull to make adjustments if we need to. Yeah, on the operating side, one of the things that really drives me crazy, and, and maybe it's a sign of the times of the last five, eight years, um, how sort of ubiquitous the venture community is um, just in business in general. And it's like, I, I, I sometimes find myself having conversations with operating companies, like you, you're not a VC-backed company. You're, you're not a scaling startup. You you have to achieve a free, you need to focus on becoming a free cash flow machine. And doesn't mean that you're not making investments in the business, but the fundamentals of the financial fundamentals of the business, revenue, cost of goods sold, gross profit, operating expenses, net operating profit, free cash flow, that needs to be intact. I don't expect a scaling startup that has a three to five year product development horizon, customer acquisition, like that is a very different beast than an operating company, regardless if it's service or manufacturing, like that income statement, that P&L, that free cash flow, that thesis should be intact, regardless of the investments you're making into that business. And sometimes I feel like on the operating company side, some of these business owners, visionaries, they think they're more like a scaling startup versus no, you're running an operating company. Investments flow through your balance sheet. Financial performance is recognized on your P&L. Don't give me that shit. Like this business should be making money regardless of the investments that it needs. Um, and I'm a little passionate about that because it's like, it, 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 I'm trying to get folks to understand like there is a rigor to this. There's a thought process to this. Um, and that has to flow into strategy. Mm -hmm. um, I had a boss once uh, 15 years ago. He said, you know, Dan, the most important thing you need in, in, in business sometimes is just get the damn nomenclature down, right? So there's things don't get lost in translation. Um, so anyways, it's so true, nomenclature. Um, and I, I one kind of last thing, um, but to your point, you know, the P&L for an operating business needs to be needs to be fairly consistent, right? You need to know what your gross gross margins are. Those should be pretty, pretty 
they should plot along, right? You should not see a lot of uh, volatility in that, even down to your net operating profit, unless there's major things going on in the business world or in your business, uh, those, those should have it on your balance sheet, to your point, right? And I think, you know, the conversations that, that we often have with the venture-backed companies, it's less about gross margins, what operating expenses, it's about where am I, where am I spending my cash on a functional basis, right? Is it in product development? Is it in sales? Is it in marketing? Um, you know, is it, is it, is it headcount? Is it, is it machines, right? Um, that's all, those are the conversations. So that I think, you know, the, often what we deliver to operating companies versus venture companies looks a lot different in terms of cash planning because we're, we're the buckets are different, right? The buckets for an operating business are more of the, the financial statement buckets. And on a, on a venture-backed business, it's more about where am I spending those monies? Who am I spending those monies on? What, and therefore, which milestones am I trying to achieve or where am I investing to achieve milestones right now? Agreed. So my key takeaway on the operating side before we end it here is get your annual operating plan in place convert that annual operating plan into a 12-month cash flow, include a bucket for investments, which is very different than a P&L or an income statement. And then lastly, if you feel like you need it and you feel like there is a lack of rigor in your cash management, get onto a 13-week cash flow and hopefully get off of it soon because the 13-week cash flow it is time consuming. It takes a lot of effort. And I don't think most CEOs even come close to appreciating the amount of time that it takes to manage this, what I call a hidden factory, because that's what a 13-week cash flow is. I've yet to really find a system that integrates well with AP. I know guys like build.com and QBO and uh, cash flowing. Uh, you know, there are systems out there, but they don't really do a great job of uh, managing 13-week cash flow because at the end of the day, it's still very tactile. So very cool. All right, that's it for uh, March Happy Cash Madness. Today looks very different than it did 12 months ago. Um, although 12 months ago, we are probably coming on uh, the anniversary of our first year of doing this podcast and doing it live. And we've done different iterations. Um, we're going to be uh, looking forward to marketing in uh, 2021 and uh, some of the things that we're working on. I think it's kind of cool. So yeah, we're putting together the uh, the, the episodes for a April, uh, looking to focus on uh, startups. Mm -hmm. so April's going to be startup month here on the Raw Take for CEOs. Yeah, and last week we had uh, Partners Week. Our marketing team uh, was out there pumping up uh, social media around some of our uh, partners in the ecosystem, as I call them. Yeah, it's fun. And, uh, it's, it's fun and um, customers and potential uh, new, uh, new customers, they actually love the fact that yeah, we do do a lot under one roof. Although what we do is, you know, we try to keep to our segment. We know what we, we know what we're good at. But having friends in the ecosystem to be able to uh, point our customers in the right direction to get the expertise they need, I think that's been a great um, added added value to oh, our value proposition. So totally stoked about uh, marketing's team effort around that partners last year. Cool. And on that note, end the Q1. Thank you. Okay, so that's a wrap, Steve. Cool. Join us next week. Check us out at growthlabfinancial.com or text RAWTAKE to 833-759-0277.